Come and dream with me. Welcome to What Do You Want to Watch, the Exposure Network's premier media podcast. Every week we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content. Hope you answer the question, is there anything funnier this week than David Fincher being confused as to why people are applauding for so long at the end of uh, the Killers premiere at the Venice Film Festival? Probably, but I can't think of it. I'm your host, Ash Lobley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. Why, do, why did they do it for so long? Because that's the thing that Europeans do. Do standing ovations for a longer period of time. Anyway. But it's not actually good for your hands, you know. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were at that wrestling event a week or so ago. <laughs> hands hurt after that. What's <laughs> <laughs> a clap? Up, you know? Yeah. But yeah, apparently he tried to leave during the applause. <laughs> like, I got places to be, man. Like, yeah. I've already seen this movie. I don't know. Understandable. Yeah. Didn't even sit through the credits, so yeah, that's pretty. Uh, yeah, on today's episode of What Do You Want to Watch, we'll be talking about what's in our watch history, going over some film news, talk, giving some thumbs to trailers, and giving you this week's top three. Uh, kicking things off, uh, I've went and seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, the latest in the Ninja Turtle franchise. Of course, it's been in America for a long period of time. Finally, releasing here in Australia on Thursday, based on a story by. Seth Rogen, Brendan O'Brien, Evan Goldberg, Jeff Rao, uh, with Jeff Rao directing, um, telling a very, it, it definitely feels like the Ninja Turtles, but definitely with a different flair and feeling about it. Obviously, uh, much has been made of, they got actual teenagers to voice the Teenage Ninja Turtles this time. Um, so they've got a lot of young kids giving, uh, it definitely feels like a bunch of teenagers. And sometimes they just don't do dumb shit. <laughs> and that's really, really enjoyable to, to watch. It, it's um, definitely a new take on some of the lore of the the Ninja Turtles, which I think is fine, because obviously this, this is a franchise that's been reinvented, like, I want to say four or five times at this point. Like, there's been very various iterations of the, the TV show, animated shows. Then, of course, there's been, there was the old live-action movies, and then there was the Michael Bay movies, and then they had an animated movie. Now they got this animated movie. Um, so yeah, th- in this the Ninja Turtles, uh, just sort of getting used to the real world. Uh, they grew up in the sewers. Uh, Master Splinter, uh, voiced by Jackie Chan in this, and he's fantastic. Um, he's very scared of humans. It doesn't want them to go into the human world, but they're these young kids and uh, young turtles. Uh, but they kind of are drawn to the world of humans and want to be out there uh even though they kind of experience it from the shadows and that kind of stuff um and then they kind of come across they happen to come across april o'neill um voiced by ed berry who's in pretty much everything at the moment uh who they res they rescue her scooter get which gets uh stolen after they accidentally throw a ninja star into her helmet um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she gets distracted um yeah so they come up with a plan they're going to stop this big crime syndicate that's happening throughout the city then everybody will think they're heroes and then they'll be cool with them being mutant turtles and they'll just let them go to high school which is what they want to be so uh yeah this is really fun i had a really good time lots of funny jokes um i sympathize for whoever was doing the uh the uh transcripts for the subtitles because these kids they just talk over the ter- there's so much cross talk over the top of each other it's like uh, how are you supposed to put that up on the screen that's like difficult and i hadn't thought of that until this movie um yeah and then you've got uh superfly played by ice cube is the big bad um who's like a big mutant fly <laughs> and of course if you've seen all the trailers you saw all the different Different mutants that are involved. There's like so many mutant characters that have been in the 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 lore of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, but uh, probably the standout is Mondo Gecko, voiced by Paul Rudd. He's just a he's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it is a really enjoyable time. I think it's 
it maybe it felt a little bit short. That would be my thing. I feel like I would have I wanted more. I guess is is that I feel like maybe we didn't get enough of the mutants. We didn't get enough of them being ninja turtles. Um, but you know we do get some really cool action sequences uh, throughout the movie. So uh, I can't complain too much. But yeah, I found it really enjoyable. I'm excited uh, for other people to go watch it uh, and excited at the potential of a sequel. Um, animation wise, it look it's got that really interesting style, like that. Uh, I think from one of the behind the scenes things, they said it's like meant to be like a high school student, like as if they're drawing in their notebook kind of style. Um, so uh, yeah, really enjoyable, very funny, uh, definitely worth checking out in cinemas. Uh, so that releases in cinemas this Thursday. So you should all rush out and watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Uh, Dylan, you watched Reality, uh, starring Sydney Sweeney. Reality, yeah. Um, I really so we watched this, this is a trailer. trailer, wasn't it? We watched. We're at that stage now where we've. I feel like we've been doing that segment for long enough that I could like with a lot of the stuff we're starting to watch from you know trailers we're watching now. So, um, so Reality is a movie directed by Tina Satter based on the their own play so they they've adapted their own work into the film um broke the script for it again and then directed it it is taken directly from the script or no not script the transcript of the real world uh fbi tape that they had of reality winner who is a uh well now former american intelligence specialist who leaked a bunch of stuff to do with Russia's interference in the 2016 uh, election. Um, so the movie's sort of all primarily, I guess, just one setting, which is like the movie starts, tapes turned on, you see the FBI dude knocks on the window of reality as she pulls up at her house, and then it's just from then on, like how, how it plays out. It's not... It definitely doesn't have... I really enjoy it. It's a 100% an acting... Sh- it's not like the film was made for this, but it is a very good acting showcase for Sydney Sweeney because um, it's mostly just her talking to the couple FBI agents and the entire film rides on her shoulders and her ability to to portray this quote-unquote character, this real person, um, and get across the, I guess, the... Because um, the, at first she's very like... You know, she seems very chill, but then obviously as the the events unfurl and she realizes there's, she's not going to be able to like sort of talk, talk, talk her way out of it and the, 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 the stress and the, you know, the overcoming sadness and all these other sorts of elements that play out. Um, yeah, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney Sweeney is definitely very, very good in this. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a film to watch if you want a more like overview on everything that happened to... Uh, reality winner, sorry, um, yeah, reality winner, when she, like, everything that happened after this or before this or, like, what shaped her so much as a person. The film does, a like, every now and then flicks away to something else, like she's remembering something, like, a couple times to help add context to scenes and her past and stuff like that. It, it, it's just this one setting and this one event and like this one key moment in her life and how it all comes together when the FBI knock on the door sort of thing. But, you know, there are also documentaries and stuff you, you can watch um, if you want to go that deep dive. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's not even 90 minutes. Uh, it's like an hour 20 something as well. So it's, um, it's not like stretched out. It's literally like, here's how it happened. This is it, you know? All right. Uh, and then you also watched uh, Sweet As, a movie that we gave away tickets to earlier this year. I love watching movies. We gave away tickets to that. I'm watching the cinema. Um, <laughs> uh, sweet as, really enjoyed it. Australian film, uh, sort of about this group of teenage kids who, uh, well, the Mira, uh, Mira is the, the the lead character. She sort of so the film starts with her her she's got a mum who's like a, a drug addict basically. Um, having a lot of issues there at home 
uh, has caused her to get into issues and sort of act out, you know, steal some stuff from shops and stuff. She's getting into trouble. And she's basically put on this by her uncle. Yeah, her uncle who says, hey, there's this thing I've organized for you because, you know, it's better than, you know, the alternatives that we could be going through down here, which is I'm gonna, you're going on this trip, this photography sort of road trip thing that's that's put together so it's her and three other kids who uh are each there for different reasons they're not all like troubled kids like it's not all like that sort of thing um one of them is dealing heavily with depression and is sort of on there i think of uh, as like the parents put him on there as a hopefully this will help you i don't know meet people feel better i don't you like it's not all like like these are all kids who are robbing shops and stuff like that. It's just that sort of thing. So it's sort of a, a mixed bunch of people. Um, they all head out on this trip. There's a there's the uh, sort of the the leader, I guess, of the group as well. Like there's two adults, leader of the group, who's like driving the bus for the most part. And then Car- I didn't realize Carlos Sanson Jr. is in this and plays the who um, um, is one of my characters from Bump. Um, plays uh santi yep. in, in bump so and of course really, really i'm a big fan of bump so um he's the other adult on the trip and he's the like photography expert he's like the the or the ph- photography passion person who's there to like pass on this this love of photography and everything um beautifully shot film uh it's it it gives you sort of both that you would sort of expect which is the hey here's some beautiful photography of you know barren australian landscapes you know like which which to a degree you sort of like like i've seen this before but then also has a lot more than that you know like it's 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 a mix of like rural towns and stuff like that suburban sort of back-end towns and all these sorts of elements and stuff but i really enjoyed the characters as well I enjoyed the, the the all four having very different backstories and not really liking each other for different reasons but having to to sort of work together um to and learning to like each other across this trip the there's the added in um elements of um indigenous history for australia across different parts of the 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 traveling to different elements the fact that two of the kids are indigenous um and they're getting to share i guess their their background or you know like their culture with the the two white kids is is also quite good um yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was a very well made put together film so um would have preferred to watch it on the big screen but you know fuck me man yeah all right uh i watched a documentary that just released on disney plus called the jewel thief uh so it follows a gentleman called uh gerald blanchard uh who grew up uh, well, he was born in Manitoba, Canada, um, but grew up in... Uh, no! No, sorry. sorry. Uh, yeah, he's, he's actually from Winnipeg. Um, so he... Uh, but did a lot of growing up in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and he, as he was growing up, he started to videotape himself doing crimes. Like, starting off with, like, basic shoplifting. Uh, from different stores, they would go to um, oh, what's the name of the Radio Shack, and like just steal stuff to the extent where one Easter month Sunday, they got a full like moving truck and like stole everything from Radio Shack. <laughs> I don't know how he was doing it, um, but you know that and documenting it all. So and he kept all these docu- all this footage, so he were able to. All that footage is part of this documentary. Um, he eventually gets caught for certain crimes and moves to Canada or gets deported to Canada, um, where he then proceeds to uh, escalate his thieving habitry uh, into uh, stealing from banks um, and performing other crimes. Uh, and then it kind of becomes like a catch me if you can kind of situation where there's these couple of cops in Manitoba or Winnipeg, uh, who are trying to solve this uh, bank heist. Um, but this guy is like, he's stealing all this money and he's traveling all around the world and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the do- documentary documents his life, uh, the heist that he performed, um, 
different insight from different people in who he came across, like a lot of the detectives in the case. He is actually a focal point. He is actually interviewed as part of the documentary and that kind of stuff. So lots of things from his perspective. Of course, he he appears to be a little bit of an unreliable narrator because a lot of people like dispute a lot of the facts that he gives to the the documentary crew. Um, like just like basic stuff, like uh, the police took me in and there was a bunch of press. And I was like, nah, there was no, there was no press there. It was like nobody, nobody was around. Um, but yeah, some of the crazy things he pulled off are pretty amusing to listen to. Um, uh, the it's interesting because the it's called the jewel heist or the jewel thief. He stole only one jewel, as far as I can tell, uh, or is documented in the documentary. He stole what uh was called the the CC star which was uh a, a one of 27 diamond and pearl hair ornaments worn by Elizabeth of Boravia consort of Francis the 1st from Skolburn Palace in Austria so apparently it's a big heirloom in Austria and he just stole it uh so yeah i thought it was a really interesting like documentary he's a weird dude um it's cool that they've got a lot of footage and audio logs and that kind of stuff. So, um, a lot of stuff that to follow along, um, and you know, kind of be in the time and place of the things happening and that kind of thing. So, uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, then I also watched the documentary "Happy Happy Joy Joy: The Ren and Stimpy Story," uh, which is a documentary that kind of explores the rise and fall of Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, Dylan, from memory, not a Brendan Stimpy fan. No. Not really. Did, did you used to say it like, scared you as a child? It was weird. Yeah. Uh, from what I could tell, that was on purpose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for, kind of follows uh, the creator of the show, John Crick Falusi, John, or just John K, um, who, you know, had a troubled childhood, had a very strict father. Uh, did, fell in love with the cartooning, um, created these characters. Uh, he met up with the... He shopped a bunch of his ideas to different networks for Saturday morning cartoons. None of them really wanted it. He came across Nickelodeon like just as the Nicktoon thing was starting to happen. They were just trying to get their own original programming on the onto the channel. Um, and he came in with another show, but the executive liked the designs of Ren and Stimpy. So they pulled those designs... Uh, and then they made that their own show, and they developed that. Um, and like Red and Stimpy was a massive hit. It like did ridiculous numbers. Uh, was really popular with uh, not only kids but adults. Kids. Um, it was like very well animated. Like there's the, some of the footage is like still looks really fantastic because they were doing those, like these really crazy stills where it was like really realistic close ups of something disgusting like someone's feet or like a giant pimple on their foot or uh, stuff like that. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, that mostly came from John Kay who wanted to kind of push the boundaries as far as he possibly could uh, with animation and that kind of stuff. Um, unfortunately, eventually he came to loggerheads with the, with everybody. He had had like, he was too controlling, I guess is the best term to describe it. Um, and was falling behind on deadlines and falling, you know, going over budget and like, didn't want to, they only had to make like 10 episodes or something. Uh, and he was, wasn't able to do that because he would, would just keep things, make him reanimate stuff and redo stuff. And, um, eventually, you know, he was eventually fired and taken off the show. Um, but yeah, it kind of doc and that kind of, you know, you would, then you examine like all the animators who worked at the studio and how they felt about all, how all that kind of stuff happens. Um, so that explores like probably like two thirds of the film. Final third delves into his relationship that he had with a 16 year old girl, a 14 year old girl. <laughs> what was making? Oh, it yeah. Down. So I thought number would go up. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Who was a fan and they kind of like, we exchanged letters and then he started to get into a relationship with her um a pattern that seemed to follow on once you know she lost interest in him um and it kind of like yeah 
it's weird because he's obviously involved in the actual he's involved in the documentary so like he's interviewed um giving his side of the story as well as she's in it giving her side of the story um yeah it's kind of uncomfortable and hard to watch and kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth um so yeah if you ever wonder what happens to the creator of Ren Stimpy that's what happens um yeah it's kind of very messed up uh I haven't wondered yeah yeah. (laughs) uh yeah interesting um interesting watch interesting to hear the girl who's now like much older uh saying that she is although she doesn't want fans of the show to like cut it out of their childhood just because she's has got her own experience with the the thing or whatever which i think is it's always interesting to hear from the actual people the victims of these kind of things like how they feel about the material and that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, interesting watch. Uh, Dylan, you finished watching Pokemon Path to the Peak, the uh, four episode long animated series on the Pokemon YouTube channel, right? Yeah, the Pokemon app. Uh, keep it short, sweet. It's very good. I'd suggest watching it if you want some cute, wholesome Pokemon stuff. I think 10 minutes an episode, so you know doesn't take that long if you want to, to, to binge it all. Uh, surprised how good... It, uh, again, I'll say it again. I don't remember if it's like a catch or I said it here, but surprised how well the animation was and just the overall quality of it, considering it was a, it's, a, it's a free thing. Um, there's nothing super crazy here as far as themes or anything, but it's, it's wholesome nonetheless. It literally is this young girl getting into the Pokemon trading card game, making friends along the way. Eventually, she makes her way to worlds and, you know, meet some people and you know it's it has some quite a few funny scenes uh involving her father throughout the series that have legitimately made me laugh out loud so um yeah i would definitely suggest checking out it's it's just fun awesome all right let's move into the mandatory netflix segment of the show uh and the big release of the week has been one piece the live action adaptation of the long-running much-loved manga and anime series of the same name uh following monkey de luffy uh a young boy who ate devil fruits that caused him to become super stretchy and almost like he's made of rubber who wants to become the king of the pirates in a world where there are pirates It'd be weird if he wanted to become uh, king of the pirates and there was a world where there, there was a pirate. Uh, and they're searching for the One Piece, which is the massive treasure that was all left in One Piece by uh, the former king of the pirates. Um, of course, sketchy track record when it comes to live action adaptations of anime and manga, uh, especially in the West. Um, Dylan, as someone who doesn't like anime. <laughs> What did you think of One Piece? How much of how much have you actually watched of the show? The anime or this? This. We've got two episodes left. Or both, I guess. What, None of the anime. The Never watched no, anime yeah. in my life. Coming in fresh. Coming in fresh. I know I know what One Piece is, though, of course. It's massive, one of the biggest animes in the world. Um over a thousand episodes? No, thank you. I um really enjoying the anime uh the Netflix though. Netflix series though. So yeah, I've got, I've got what am I? Six hours eight? Is the same right? I've got two episodes left. Yep. Um, yep. really, really enjoying it. I think it's definitely coming off the back of how much I really did not enjoy Cowboy Bebop and thought that was just trash, um, as Ash shakes his head. But yeah, that show was just Give terrible. Give it a chance, Dylan. Give um, it a chance. The Death Note movie, terrible. And I like that director. Um, you know, like the, the anime adaptations just don't have a particularly good run. The only live action ones I've ever enjoyed was there was the Japanese Death Note adaptations, which I didn't think were terrible. But otherwise, live action is usually trash. I really want to watch... I still have never got around to it, by the way. I really want to watch the, the Japanese um, Full Metal Alchemist as well, though. Because people say that one's alright, I think, right? I think it's, I watched the first first one of those movies. Mm. I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, so I, I think people say those. It, the, the moment that everybody gets sad about is in there, and then and it works. Okay. So, With the Chimera. Okay. Check it out. 
Um, Attack on Titan apparently shit. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, this is this is this is this is good. This is a lot of fun. I think the the key aspect here is that they've kept the 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 loud, ridiculous at times characters, um, what the core elements from the anime. I remember watching the trailers of this and just thinking, this ain't gonna work. This just this looks dumb. This looks like they're trying too hard, which is what the problem was with Cowboy Bebop. They just committed too hard to getting the anime. It, ishness and the anime quirks instead of telling a good and interesting television show um and it just failed horribly and then they canceled it after one season so you know that went so far for them um whereas this they've they've toned things down to make it work you know like i i just really like how it's like okay you know you have a character who's stretchy how do you make that work and i think they do magically somehow make it work you've got um characters like whenever the fighting's happening it's like well you have to tone down the fighting because any fighting in anime is just super fast over the top highly graphic like because they're, they're they're adapting manga most of the time and manga is comic and it's it's drawn with all these flourishes that they they uh, bring into animation it works in animation but it just it doesn't it doesn't not, it's not a thing for live action right unless you're like scott pilgrim or some shit and you sort of make it a make it a bit <laughs> as like it's a it's a bit and part of the movie you know boom crash mm. and all that sort of stuff um yeah the, the, the characters are just super likable especially the casting is top notch especially the character playing luffy um just um, committed utterly like he was born to play this character i think um visually it's surprisingly good as well i i think that there's there's a mix of real world stuff like the boats and on-set locations and um a mix of green screen or cgi elements there and stuff like that but um for the most part i i i think the the use of special effects have all been really really good so far um and i'm keen to finish off those last two episodes yeah really really been enjoying it yeah i really love this i finished the season um i had limited knowledge of one piece i've like watched the first 15 episodes before i started watching this i put on a couple extra after like yeah because I, uh, yeah, see how long I go. <laughs> I just after this, I just wanted more. So I mean, whatever, whatever you can get, you know. Um, something else. Just uh, yeah, just the they managed to strike the right tone, which I feel like they were somehow able to make this over the top world kind of believable. Um, because there is so much incredible ridiculousness about so much that they do. Um, like Dylan said, I think the casting is, you know, the casting team here has done a fantastic job finding each character, um, who kind of fit perfectly for what they wanted, um, or what was needed. Yeah. Uh, Nuki, um, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, uh, who plays Luffy. Just fantastic. Just so often like these super optimistic, like people or like, Super optimistic dum dums, like like Luffy could be like super annoying, um, or his whole shtick about telling everybody he's going to be king of the pirates could get super old. But it just he's just very endearing and likable. Um, yeah, I I know from what little I've seen of the anime, they like tone some stuff down and most like reset things at different places and kind of change the order of uh, events that happen. Um, there's a lot more flashbacks than there are in the show. Uh, I will say that was one of my major things. I did not like the kid who played Luffy in the flashbacks. I didn't think he was very good. Um, but, um, yeah, I think everything kind of worked and like, uh, they stuck as true to the, the source material as they could while making sure it functioned as a live action show. Um, my only other, you know, complaint or you know nick against the show is i feel like um it doesn't feel like they have spent enough time together for the relationship or bonds or like uh the connection they have by the end of the season i think you could have like come up with ways to make it seem like they've had more adventures than they actually have um it seems like this all takes place over the course of a week and they've all just suddenly become family in the course of one week um i, I one think of, you're supp- someone is committing their life to i think the you're other. just p- supposed to assume that all that there's all that sailing time they just skip over where they're just on the boat between i guess but you could like you could just 
add something in to make it seem like they've been doing stuff together. I guess so. But that's that's you know? how I take it. It's like I'm like no, I completely and I completely completely read it that way as well. But I feel like they could have ex- done a little bit more with that. But yeah, some of the craziness, some of some of the stuff just shouldn't have worked. The stuff with Zoro and the three swords, him sticking one in his mouth, that shouldn't work. It does. It's crazy. You're complaining about the Pokemon now, are you? I mean, uh, he's not walking through any doors, so I mean, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> he, can, he, he can freely drop it. He, he doesn't keep it in his mouth. He doesn't not become that Pokemon when he doesn't have it in his mouth, you know. Um, <laughs> I want to clarify that Pokemon drops the sword, too. You just don't. Yeah, and then what happens when he doesn't have the sword anymore? Bye. Dumb Pokemon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, they hit a lot of the emotional beats and that kind of stuff. Um I don't know if that the yeah, I'm excited to hear what you think of the last two episodes, uh, especially knowing barely anything about it. But um, yeah, just visually so incredible. Like we knew they built like a lot of the ships and the sets, uh, but still to see them like in camera, incredible. Uh, the there's the fish people here as well. Uh, they're all prosthetics. Um, none of that CGI, which is crazy. Um, I don't yeah. think it's crazy. It's why it actually looks good it looks great yeah yeah um yeah and some of the stories in here are like short stories about some of the flashbacks are really compelling uh whether it's like sanji's like backstory as to how he it's got like to cannibalism the those shit man it's i mean it's, it's like <laughs> i was like uh open up the episode and like netflix is in the corner it's like violence self-harm i'm like okay it's kind of that's a weird warning <laughs> nope <laughs> um but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I think it might be up there for one of the top shows I watched this year. It, it's been that enjoyable. Uh, and that much of a surprise, I think. Yeah. So yeah, everybody check out One Piece. Dylan, I saw that you've been watching Exo Kitty. Ah. The, the, all the boys spin-off series. Yeah. What do you think? I'm liking it. I think it's um it's very um Korean drama like like um if you've ever caught anything of a Korean drama um or dubbed uh, or, or even like a Japanese fucking drama to be honest if you've ever like I remember when I had a sub to um Crunchyroll and I would sometimes put on the the Japanese uh dubs of the 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 melodramas and stuff on there hmm. it's fucking it's yeah, <laughs> I was like, "This is not for me," but sure. Um, it's it's like that. So the series follows Kitty, who's um, uh, what's that? What, you said her name. What was her name? Fucking uh, character. Larjan. Larjan. There you go. Um, her sister from the same actress from the 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 films. Those three films, of which the first one was the best one by far. Um, and this follows the uh her character coming over to she travels to um. What's the fucking city? Korea. Korea. Seoul. No, but what the city? Seoul. Thank you. Seoul. Uh, she travels to Seoul to, she basically applies to get into an exclusive school there for a year, whatever you call it. We go to another country for a year, sort of exchange student thing. Um, and she does that because her boyfriend is there, her long distance boyfriend, Day, who's from the, I don't remember, one of the films as well. So I don't actually remember if it's the same. The third actor. one. I never looked. The third one, yeah. Pretty sure. Um, didn't never bothered to look if it was the same actor. I have no idea. It doesn't really matter. I, according to IMDb, no, it's not. Um, so they've had this long distance relationship. Uh, she, when she gets there, goes to surprise him. Doesn't tell him it's there. Uh, surprise! He is dating another girl. What? What the fuck? And now she's like, should I say? Should I go? Insert song. Insert drama. Um, it's all there. I. It's very Gen Z. You know, very like teen romance sort of stuff it is super light there's not like much depth to it um but if 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 all of that like i feel like you could take one look at the poster and go yeah i'll watch that like if, if you look at the poster and go that looks like something i would hate then there you go like it's definitely i don't want to say it's great but it is it, it's definitely very light very fluffy very enjoyable um from certain aspects shout out to um fuck, what's his name Peter Peter Fernwald in this, yeah, uh, Aussie actor who I think I've watched nearly everything he's been in now. 
No, I have. Yeah, apart from Young Rock, one episode, I've watched everything he's in. So, <laughs> he was in uh, Uncredited Kong Skull Island, seen that. He's in um, Bump as one of the series regulars, watched all of that. Uh, he's in Players, of course, we loved him as Foresight and that, and now yep. he's in this. And in this, he plays the Australian um, teacher at the at the school. Yep. So, yeah. So, quite fun, but yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, let's check that out. All right, that's everything I watched this year. Let's move into a little bit of film news. Uh, and this week uh, was a big one for Swifties because Taylor Swift announced Thursday morning on Instagram that Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, will be the actress that he presented in nearly all domestic and international theaters for four weeks beginning October 13th, uh, which caused all hell to break loose. Uh, apparently, already cinemas in the States have been selling out. Uh, and creating delays that exhibited pre-sale websites. Uh, so interestingly, um, this movie is being released in America through AMC's distributor arm, not any production company. Uh, so no, not, not Disney or uh, you know Warner Brothers or any of those Universal. Uh, apparently, something that they did not tell <laughs> any of the distributors. Uh, yeah, apparently this came to a surprise to several studios, including Universal, who were looking at uh, releasing the movie, coming to an agreement. Uh, they didn't find out until they saw <laughs> the Instagram post. Um, yeah, Dylan, what do you think about them by bypassing uh, distribution companies going just straight to the, the cinemas to release it? Cool. Good for them, you know what I mean? Like, good for them. Was it? I, 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 you need distributors, you need publishers for a lot of things because you're unable to get stuff out there. If you're in a position where you can just bypass that and you're a Taylor Swift and you want to put out your, your live concert, you don't need a middle arm, you don't need the, that distributor there. This is this is just a, this isn't a change in the industry. This isn't a, a swift change, if you would. Uh, it is just because it's Taylor Swift. It's not a, yeah. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, yeah, I, I, you're probably right. It's just like a one-off. This isn't something that potentially <laughs> happened. And it only became a possibility because the Amer America like dropped their antitrust laws uh, to let distributors like open. They could open their own cinemas if they want, and now cinemas could do distributing as well. So um, that's really interesting. Uh, it's been interesting to see the re a uh, response by some of the studios uh universal previously had their film exorcist the exorcist believer releasing on october 13th and they moved that to october 6th of course that is neither cheap nor optimal events marketing already had that original date with advertising committed uh bleaker street also changed the date for meg ryan's what happens later to november 3rd uh and then the next week uh paramount plans the wide release of spartan scorsese's killers of the flower moon ahead of its apple streaming date uh of course, they announced that Killers would skip a October 6th limited release and would now release uh, wide on uh, October 20th. Uh, so it looks like everybody's kind of moving out of the way of Taylor Swift. Um, here's, here's an interesting one. Um, so... Finally, Taylor Swift, the heiress tour, make force clarity on a long-simmering box office issue. What is a movie? This clearly will be a major contributor to theatre's bottom lines, but should pre-recorded events like concerts, operas, and plays be included in box office statistics? Tell them, what are your thoughts on this issue? <laughs> like, that's phrased as a... What are, you, what are your thoughts on this issue? <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts on this question? When we look I mean, at the end of the year, should this be on box office Mojo's list of top ten movies? It's hard because... Ultimately, I would like to know how much it does, but I personally <laughs> wouldn't care to rank it among the movies. You know, it's the same as our tracked list at the end of the year. I like to know how many AEW fucking episodes and movies I watched. I would love to just click a button and get them all out of my TV and movie lists. Like, I appreciate I can track them, you know? I know it's a TV show. Just don't care. I, at, at the end of the year, I just wish I could delete them from those stats. So I would love a world where it's like, cool, like, yep, here's the, the top 10 movies. This is what it is. 
box office sales, ticket sales of everything that happened at cinemas includes this. Because I've also paid to go watch Doctor Who premieres at cinemas. Not to say they'll ever be in box office premieres, but if, if that my local cinema was looking at their ticket sales, stuff like that, music events that yeah. they put on, you know, Andre Rio events and shit like that, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, people go love to watch that shit. So, um, like, yeah, ultimately, it's it's definitely not a movie, but it does make money and it is a box office number. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a concert film. So, I mean, they filmed it. it cool. You know, I guess, and it's being shown in a cinema, so it's a movie, right? Uh, I mean, technically, so, like, a, it falls under documentary, I guess. So. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. So, I'm happy, you know, let them see it. I think the weirdest thing for me is they're releasing it in October, which is still touring this show. Like, she's not coming to Australia till I want to say, February next year. It doesn't matter. Uh, no one's going to watch this and go, you know, don't need to see it now. Why would you release it now and not when... Well, I guess you release it now because it's like the height of yeah. the excitement around the show. Um, and I guess it's like maybe at the end of the American mm. period. So it's like, now you've got something to remember it by. Um, but yeah, really interesting, like the way they've gone about this. <laughs> and like, apparently they paid the director like a couple of million dollars, like $20 million to come film the show. Uh, it's not exactly clear how it's going to be drone like is it just a still from like i assume it's not like a hard cam 20 meters back just, it's just, hard cam. just that's the show i'm sure it'll be a little bit Michael more Bay, artistic six drones 10 helicopters <laughs> i mean just they can't afford that many can they <laughs> just pull everybody's camera footage yeah. find the right angle at once you know um but yeah definitely interesting It'd be interesting to see the box office numbers because I assume they will release numbers. Like, and if based on like they're saying the pre-sale numbers are better than Avengers Endgame, which is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but we all know Swifties are crazy. Um, only other news: uh, Marvel has shuffled its TV calendar dates uh, for the rest of the year. Of course, uh, we all know Marvel bunch of Disney Plus shows were meant to be releasing later this year, uh, and pretty much all of them moved, except for Loki. Uh, of course, Loki Season 2 will still release October 6th. Um, of course, they set to star Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. Jeez, uh, only like a month. Uh, the second season of the Emmy Award-winning What If series will debut around Christmas Day, although it should be noted the animated show is not based on holiday themes. Uh, Echo, the spin-off from last year's Hawkeye, was originally meant to be released on November 29th, and has now been shifted to 2024. Uh, X-Men 97, the animated series that acts as a spiritual internal continuation of the 90s series that aired on Fox, uh, was first announced in 2021, planned to be released in the American Fall 2023, uh, is now set to be released early 2024. Uh... Agatha, the WandaVision spin-off starring Catherine Hahn, was originally announced for winter 2023, but has now been pushed back to early fall 2024, where it will serve as a lead-up to the Halloween holiday, which is probably smart. Uh, the show, which completed its filming before the strikes, was previously titled Agatha, House of Harkness, and then Agatha, Coven of Chaos, before falling on the current name, Agatha, Dark Old Diaries. Uh, the Ironheart TV series starring Riri Williams... Uh, first, who was first introduced in Black Panther Wakanda Forever has dropped was was to have dropped this fall but has been completely taken off the schedule uh, it's finished shooting but its completion is affected by the strikes uh, also interesting to note Daredevil Born Again uh, and Wonder Man uh, both have had to pause as in, in mid-production I didn't even know about the Wonder Man show currently being made I also didn't know it's going to star Yaya Abdul Martin the second. Right. Interesting that all this stuff is kind of getting moved. <laughs> not surprising. Um, no, not surprising. But yeah. I mean, maybe the animated stuff being actually moved. Like, do you really need the actors to promote the animated shows? I don't know. 
um, they would just release them. Maybe they're just put spreading out their content. It's like kind of future gate, future proof in case this strike goes on longer. But yeah, I mean, if they if they reach a stage where they got no movies, they'll do what they happened what happened last time, which is you'll just have a year of TV shows and then. They they've got, they could spread that out and they had they remember yeah. when they 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 shuffled them around because of COVID and they were like well it's just TV shows and you had stuff yeah. that wasn't supposed to release for like six months coming out a month after the last TV show just because they yeah. wanted to get some shit out there yeah yeah so that's what's happening on the Marvel front we'll get wait and see whether it'll be interesting do you think they so Echo was meant to be one of the shows that drops all at once could they like if it gets bad enough split it up make it a weekly release. I mean, people will watch it still, but also complain and feel like they're trying to get you to subscribe to Disney Plus and all that sort of thing. So. I mean, that's the whole point. That's the whole strategy. Yeah. We know that. But people, they're stupid. People are uh, stupid. <laughs> all right, let's move into giving some thumbs to trailers. Of course, you can find all the trailers we're about to talk about in the show notes of this episode. Uh, kicking things off with Rustin, uh, developed by... Uh, directed by George C. Wolf, starring Common Domingo, Chris Rock, Glenn Turman, Al Amin, CCH Pounder, Michael Potts, Jeffrey Wright, and Audra McDonald. Uh, Bayard Rustin, advisor to Martin Luther King, dedicates his life to the quest for racial equality, human rights, and wild world, uh, worldwide democracy. However, as an openly gay black man, he is all but erased from the civil rights movement he helped build. So, what did you think of this biopic trailer? Uh, Coleman, Domingo, double thumbs up. Uh, looks good. Keen to watch. I'll also give it two thumbs up. I think the surprising thing for me is he doesn't sound like Coleman Domingo. Yeah, but he's still good. He's still good, but it's like, it's very odd to hear him with a different tone and pitch. I think with that, that's the thing. It's like, it, it's a higher pitch than his usual voice. Like I still feel like it has that. I yeah. I don't want to say an accent, like a, I don't know, candence to his voice, maybe, or, mm. or his delivery or something. Uh, but yeah, looks like a really good biopic, probably going to hit harder in the US than it does here, but uh, yeah, looks really good. Uh, so it's releasing on Netflix, 17th of November. Next trailer is For Love is in the Air, directed by Adrian Powers, starring Delta Goodrum, Joshua Sassy, Steph Tisdale. Uh, and Roy Billings. Dana Randall is an ultra-committed pilot for non-profit air service Fullerton Airwaves located in picturesque far north Queensland. Along with her father Jeff and mechanic BFF Nikki, the small team works together to provide the essential air services the local island communities rely on. When the London-based ITCM financial representative William is sent to Fullerton Airwaves to review the organization's financials, Dana welcomes him, aware that they rely heavily on the company's subsidies. What Dana doesn't know is that William's audit is to confirm the business's financial struggles and prepare for its closure. As William spends time with Dana and the island community, his loyalty is turn- torn. He is falling for Dana, and the feelings seem mutual. That is, until she accidentally discovers his true purpose. Dylan, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and laughed. What did you think of the trailer? I cannot believe that that was the length of the synopsis for that film. Um, I don't know. One up, one down. I mean, it's it's. I don't want to shit on it just because it, it's it's got a target audience. Obviously, it's very just straight, sort of five dollar romance novel about it. You know, um, I can't remember the name, but the the girl that's in it, not Delta Goodrum, the the other one. Um, I, I assume like that's her. Steph Tisdale. Yeah, that one. She's. Um, I enjoy her. And then old mate, um, the older dude, Mick or Molly or something. He starts with M, I swear. I'm pretty sure that's Roy Billing. Roy, yeah, Roy Billing. Yes, no, I'm completely wrong. That guy. Um, I enjoyed both of them. Um, <laughs> the other, the main dude, what, and Delta Goodrum. What? Yeah, I don't know. It's not really for me. One up, one down. Though, I guess. Yeah, I agree. One up, one down. I think it looks really good, like visually, like using those 8K cameras to, like, make it look as good as possible. Uh, make great advertisement for North Queensland. Mm. <laughs> like, look at how clear the water is. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like every other romance movie we've kind of watched, seen come through rom-com 
thing we've seen on Netflix. Um, you can kind of guess the way the story is going to go and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if this is if you're the target audience for this, I'm sure it'll be a good time. Uh, so this releases on Netflix the 29th of September. Next trailer, The Book of Clarence, directed by James Samuel, starring the Keith Stanfield, Omar Sy, Anna Diop, RJ Sala, David Oladloyu, Michael Ward, Alfre Woodard, Tayana Taylor, Caleb McLaughlin, Eric Kofi Abrifa, Marianne Jean Baptiste, James McAvoy, and Benedict Cumberbatch. A struggling down his luck man named Clarence living in 29 AD Jerusalem live, looks to capitalize on the rise of Jesus Christ by claiming to be a new Messiah sent by God in an attempt to free himself of death and to start a life of glory for himself. Tell him what did you think of the trailer for Book of Clarence? I think it was a good trailer. I want a couple of thumbs down on this one. Whoa. I didn't like the trailer at all. I feel like it was just a weirdly put together i felt off i felt like i was what I, I don't know there was something just about it it felt like the whole trailer was like a skit like that was the trailer like the like it was a short like the trailer was the bit the trailer was the the thing you know like i, I don't know I, just, I didn't like the trailer i didn't like it. the movie sure I, i'm down to watch it i i think it could be interesting i don't know anything about source material really i guess but um, I mean, I've heard of Jesus, but um, <laughs> uh, but otherwise, the the trailer itself, I just something about it. Yeah, so I'm gonna double thumbs down. I didn't like it. Interesting. Um, I'm gonna give it two thumbs up. I really enjoyed the trailer. I think it looks really good. Interesting premise um, of you know a black man playing the role. <laughs> Jesus, pretty much. Um, so this is directed by James Samuel, whose previous one was The Harder They Fall. Do you remember that one on Netflix? Yeah. Cowboy yeah. one? Um, yeah, so it seems like it. that one, he's tackled a Western with black people. This time he's tackling a biblical epic with black people. So sure. I think that was the thought process. Um, yeah, Lakeith Sanfield looks really good. Uh, like him and uh, uh, Jay Sala, they look really good together. Um, yeah, this I don't know. I guess I vibe with it, and Dylan did all that. Yeah. Uh, so this is releasing in cinemas on twenty second of February, twenty twenty four. Next trailer, what happens later? Directed by Meg Ryan, starring Meg Ryan and David Duchovny. Ex lovers reunite when they both become stranded in an airport overnight. They find themselves drawn together to revisit their past, discuss what could have been, and what may happen in the future. Tell them what do you think of the trailer for what happens later. I'm going one up, one down. I very fittingly Meg Ryan ro- romance feel about this one. Feels very much like an early 2000s. Shocking. Shocking. You it's know? shocking that it just feels like a yeah. Meg Ryan romance. Um, feels like a Meg Ryan romance, early 2000s sort of vibes. Um, but I think the chemistry between her and Duchovny in this trailer just sort of like I just was like I would happily watch them just talk for 90 minutes or whatever whatever it is like and go through that so yeah I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go one up one there yeah I'll go I'm gonna give it two thumbs up I like the chemistry I think the most intriguing thing about it is like it doesn't where it, what's happened at that airport that doesn't seem like it's a normal airport you know what I mean? COVID. Well, <laughs> but the people on the loudspeaker are actually talking to them. You know, <laughs> is it actually? Uh, they're know? at the they're at the airport for Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking crack myself up, don't I? <laughs> Those are real people dealing. Those are real people dealing with. Tech millionaires aren't real people. What are you talking about? Um. No, like, you know, I get the feeling that there's going to be, like, a supernatural thing or something. Like, they're... Whoa, alright. They both died at the same time, and they're stuck at the airport between life and death. Wow, you know? that'd be deep. Because that, yeah, like, you know, what happens later, you know? Yeah. Later being after we leave this airport and move on to the afterlife. Um, 
but I could be completely wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Foils really looks really good, gives cool vibes. Uh, so yeah, two thumbs up from me. This is releasing now on November 3rd in the US. No Australian release date. Last trailer for this week, and it's a teaser trailer, but I need to add at least one other teaser trailer that was released this week. Saltburn, directed by Emerald Fennel, starring Barry Keoghan, Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, Richard E. Grant, Alison Oliver, Archie Mataqui, and Carrie Mulligan. Struggling to find his place at Oxford University, Oliver Quick finds himself drawn into the world of the charming aristocratic Felix Catton, who invites him to Saltburn his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer. Never to be forgotten. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for Emerald Fennel's second film? Very keen to watch this movie. Love all of the cast. Double thumbs down for the trailer. Whoa. I felt like... This you just was... hate everything this week. It's You're just angry. I'm just very angry this week. I was sick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was fucked this shit. You should have seen that I fucking gave it to someone at work. I tell you what, they made a joke. Oh, I was like, you motherfuckers, like, making the jokes about me. I'll fucking... Anyway. Double thumbs down. No, two thumbs up from me. I know it's a teaser trailer, but I feel like it just hit the right vibes, uh, given the good impression. Obviously, it's got, like, uh, Greg Gatsby kind of, like, vibes and, like, story. Uh, of this person from the outside coming coming into high society or like some like more exciting world than he's used to, um, I just feel like your music was like such a key point and like the dance, dance, dance. I just like the way they use that and they use the text. Uh, I thought it was really p- well put together trailer. So uh, I would say fuck you, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> and this is releasing in cinemas on sixteenth of November. Alright, let's move into this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. This week's top three is top three religious films. Dylan, do you wanna do you have a wanna have a guess as to why we're doing top three religious films this week? Actually, hold on. What what is your um, The Nun? The Nun 2 released in cinemas. Okay, so top yeah, three okay. religious movies. <laughs> I was like, you must be you on Struggle Street this week. I'm like, I'm like that's, a, that's a funny bit. <laughs> uh, Dylan, what's your number three? I was like, what's the religious? For sure. I, was like, I don't question it. I mean, you just, you just fucking whatever you want to go with. Um, My number three, I went with... Now, it'll be really interesting to see how your fucking list comes together. <laughs> my number three... Because, again, no fucking clarification... I went with Mother, the Darren Aronofsky Ooh. movie um, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Um, the movie's about more than religion, although religion plays a heavy theme in it, as does um, the world and Mother Nature. And but it it ultimately does count like like for people again like I'm fucking spoil the movie, but but by that I mean I will spoil the movie. Um, Jennifer Lawrence literally plays the mother. Javier Bardem, uh, Bardem is like the man of the house it's like the implication is like he's sort of you know it's like creator mother earth by the end you've got all these people running around you've got adam and eve there you've got like it's it's all very religious backbone um to it i really enjoyed that movie it is very tense and fucked up at, at times but um i it worked for me so um, i'm going number three for that mother okay um my number three of course, the Monty Python film, uh, doing a retelling of the birth of the life of Jesus Christ, but with Brian, uh, and treating it with the tone that it deserves to be true, <laughs> the tone and reverence that this story deserves to be treated with. Um, very funny, like you know, He's as long as you can. He's a very, He's a naughty, very naughty boy. boy. Like, star uh, iconic. So, yeah, that's my number three. So, what's your number two? Um, my number two, Kevin Smith film, Dogma, uh, is about a. <laughs> uh, it's about uh, this character, Bethany, who 
sort of gets caught up in this whirlwind of angels and demons versus one another, where Ben Affleck and ba- Matt Damon played uh, Matt Damon are demons, and then you've got fucking um, Ali. Uh, sorry, well, yeah, the angels, I guess, but <laughs> I don't know. What's the, depends where you fall on the, the the side of history here, I guess. Um, and then yeah, you've got um fucking um, uh, Alan Rickman is an angel. Um, late great, one of his my favorite roles of him. Um, somehow Jane and Bob, Silent Bob get involved because it's a Kevin Smith film. Um, it's very good. It's sort of Kevin Smith's who was brought up very like Catholic and he's still religious to this day, but it's sort of his uh his take on I guess you know how weird religion can be at times and, and stuff like that and you know he makes god a woman at the end and it upset a bunch of people which you know it still would today if this movie came out so it's uh very funny so yeah my number one is dogma okay i think it's a fantastic <laughs> movie i'm pretty sure it was the first kevin smith movie i watched um so hell of an introduction um just an amazing cast doing all kinds of crazy stuff like um, like you said, Alan Rickman's fantastic in this movie. Uh, Alanis Morissette being God, hilarious. Uh, they got a poop monster. So I mean, what what more could you? How more religious could you want? Yeah, it's got the iconic, um, Jesus with the double thumbs up. You know, that you know should be the statue in every church. Dylan, what's your number one? What's your number two? Shouldn't My number two. Well, I said my number one is Dogma, so that's fine. I'll go number two. My number two, Bruce Almighty. Uh, Of course, Jim Carrey uh, plays a weatherman who doesn't believe in God, Um, you know, and uh, from memory. (laughs) I don't don't remember exactly the setup, but he gets given God's powers uh, for a period of time. Uh, God, played by Morgan Freeman in the role he was born to play. Um, did fantastic sequel. Did you ever watch the sequel with Steve Carell? I did watch the sequel. It is it. very unmemorable. But I didn't mind know, it from him. So you know, I mean, smart because Steve Carell was obviously in the first movie, and they're like, man, he's become a big star. Let's mm. let's let's do a spinoff with him. Um, yeah, just a really enjoyable movie. Uh, which I fit, like has really great pathos and heart to it as well as uh being hilarious Jim Carrey movie. So yeah, that's my number two. Dylan, what is your number one religious movie? Number one religious movie is from the late great recently passed away Will- William Friedkin, The Exorcist, 1973. <laughs> Original, baby. <laughs> the all time, one of the greatest horror movies ever. Um, fucking girl spinning her head around, throwing up everywhere. Classic. People running out of cinema, ruin the lives of some people. Um, my my dad said that he had nightmare for weeks as a kid when he when he tricked uh, my nan into taking him and a, um, and a friend and my dad's friend actually cried and had to leave the cinema. I've heard great stories. So uh, there's you know, Exorcist, absolutely all these other horror movies, including the one that apparently inspired this week's segment, the Nun Two, would not exist without the Exorcist. And yeah, William Friedkin also. If I've I watched a bunch after he um. After past couple of weeks ago and just the amount of like funny clips and stuff i've been watching of him doing interviews and stuff what a man so yeah i think this is the most enjoyable top three of that he's <laughs> <laughs> like ash is like comedy 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, of no. all the religious movies you could have what you know, all the passions of the christs and you know uh silence and all the like missionary f1s I was nearly going to uh, put, um, I nearly, in my short list, and I just scoped out, I nearly had in fourth place, um, um, fuck, what's it called, um, with, uh, Mark, Mark Ruffalo and, uh, <laughs> uh Spotlight. Spotlight. <laughs> I was going to make that same joke. <laughs> uh, it's about religion, right? I mean, kind of. Yeah. Dylan, this week, what do you want to watch? I want to watch The Nun 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which uh, I should be watching Thursday. So uh, my okay, you know, good. for recording, Cinema Times are up. I can go watch it. Yay. They're actually showing that, which is good. You well, know, fucking... Was there any doubt? I mean, I had a little bit. I've had some bad luck recently. Fucking, I don't know. 
don't know what's going on over there. But yes, I'll be watching that on too. Keen to watch that. Um, TV TV side of things. Um, the Changeling uh, over on Apple TV starts this week. Yes. Uh, similar. I want to. I do want to see the Changeling at least the first episode. Uh, just get a, the tastes. Little taste. Uh, man, like here's Danfield. Bunch of stuff, really. Mm. Good for him. What a worker. Uh, also, I'm Groot season two. Bunch of shorts releasing today at day release. Mm. We will probably have an episode up at all new Marvelcast going over the episodes. Uh, and then on the film front, uh, Biosphere, the film starring uh, Mark Duplass and Sterling K. Brown, will be releasing at least here in Brisbane. Uh, so I hope you to watch that. But also recommend people go out, check Theatre Camp and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a good week for movies. Hmm. Let's know. Bad, isn't it? Let's know what you want to watch this week. Break down to explosion.com slash Twitter. Uh, and let us know on X. Or go to explosion.com slash Discord and let us know on Discord. If you want to help us out here, what do you want to watch? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. Leave us five stars. Anyone can leave five stars. Or just tell people about the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, thought it was worth a dollar, head on over to our coffee page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Keep watching stuff, I guess.